Hello folks, I'm John Myrie and welcome to the Wisconsin Northland Outdoors. On this week's show, we have tips and reports for you from Jarrett McCarthy down at Hayward Bait and Bottle. And then we talk ice fishing with Hayward Area Fishing Guide Noah Galito. And lastly, some great walleye tips from walleye tournament pro Keith Cabayas. Lots to cover on this week's show, all coming up right after these messages. Find your perfect Can-Am ATV or side-by-side at Hayward Power Sports. The all-new 2023 Can-Am Outlander ATVs were redesigned with the rider in mind for unmatched fun and value. Hit the woods or trails with models starting at $5,999. Plus, for a limited time, take advantage of a $500 rebate or 2.99% financing on select models. Looking for a side-by-side? The Can-Am Defender is the perfect utility side-by-side that's extra tough on the worksite, the ranch, or wherever you need to get the job done. Feel the adrenaline surge in the high-performance Can-Am Maverick, or get the best of work and play with the ultimate crossover, the Can-Am Commander. Claim the side-by-sides that fit your needs today and enjoy financing as low as 1.99% for 36 months on select models. Make every hunt a success, every trail ride an excitement-filled adventure, and make light work of your heavy-duty jobs, all with a brand-new Can-Am off-road vehicle from Hayward Power Sports, just 10 minutes east of Hayward on Highway 77. Upper subject to credit approval. See dealer for details. Riding along in my automobile. Bumping into things unexpectedly? Make your first choice for collision repair. Ernie's Auto Body, featuring the most advanced collision repair facility in northwest Wisconsin. With a state-of-the-art spray baked-down draft paint booth for that better-than-new finish, laser technology for precision frame alignment, loaner cars available, computerized estimates, written guarantees, and documented unmatched customer service, the clear choice is Ernie's Auto Body, south of Hayward on Highway 63 and Nursery Road, where quality is no accident. Lynn's Custom Meats and Catering welcomes you to stop by for their great lunch menu. And while you're there, Lynn's also has a great selection of custom cut meats and sausages, as well as many varieties of snack sticks, jerky, fresh cheese curds, and much more. Lynn's is open Mondays through Fridays from 9 to 5.30 and 9 to 4 on Saturdays. Lynn's Custom Meats and Catering in Hayward. Today, anglers fish longer. Today, anglers fish harder. Today, anglers rely more than ever on their electronics. It all comes down to catching more fish, and today, anglers rely on Amped Outdoors lithium batteries, period. Visit AmpedOutdoors.com today to power your outdoor experience. We're down Hayward Bait and Bottle talking to Jared McCarthy, sitting in one of the many ice shelters on display here. Yep, it feels kind of familiar. I was doing this last night, but uh, yeah, they are, certainly are comfy. As far as the fishing reports, you know, what's going on out there? I know I just drove, as I drove in here, I stopped at the north end of Round Lake, and it was wide open, but there's ice fishing and good, fairly good ice on some lakes. Absolutely. You know, I was out on uh, I was out on Nelson last night. We had six good inches, and in the ice that we have this year on most of the body's water, it's really, really good ice. Um, you know, it's not that, uh, that crummy ice that you get some years, but, you know, this last couple of days, we had uh, a little bit of a warm-up where we saw some high 40s, we saw some sun, and from what we heard from customers and, you know, just from what we've been seeing here at the shop, you know, heading out ourselves on the ice is the only thing that really did was take a little bit of snow cover that we had off the ice, you know, made it for some really slick conditions on uh, Friday night when everything, you know, kind of tightened back up or what have you, but we got just a little light dusting of snow Saturday night, which made it really easy for uh, for walking out there right now, but, you know, 
it's going to be different with ice conditions, you know, everywhere that you look. So make sure that uh, you're practicing early ice safety. You're taking your spud bar. You've got a float suit on. Let somebody know where you're going. Take a buddy, you know, ideally. So if you go through, you got somebody's shoulders to stand on if you're in deep water. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the fishing. The walleye is what everybody wants to go after right away, setting tip-ups. And, you know, you mentioned Nelson Lake. There's some of the smaller lakes, but I don't know if you get any reports. They might get out on any of the bigger lakes. I mentioned Round was open, but. There are probably areas on round that are froze, too, and I'm at Couderay Grindstone. There are, you know, um, as far as Grindstone, haven't heard any reports on there. You know, we got one local that's, you know, out there religiously, and he said, no, nah, it's still no-go. Round, you know, not this last week, but uh, that very first week that we got some ice, we had some people that were out there. Obviously, they're hugging the shoreline out there because it takes a while for Round to put some ice on it, but they were doing pretty well on walleyes out there, you know. But other than that, you know, it's a lot of the uh, the shallower bays that are around here that, you know, form ice up pretty quickly and are protected by that wind, you know, and some of those warmer weather, you know, where it stays a little bit more shaded. Aside from that, you know, fishing's been pretty good. And mostly been, what, Sacramento's on tip-ups and just set them out there in the evening and, and kind of wait? It's been a, a wide variety of stuff, you know, just out there fishing. We've been using some suckers. We've had some really nice looking fatheads here in the shop and those have been doing really well you know we've been throwing some rosies on tip-ups obviously we have shiners here too um shiner bite has been great this year but they're hitting on just about everything else anything on the panfish you can talk about panfish it's been uh it's been a little slower out there i'm seeing some guys that are getting some panfish right now uh, most of the guys that are just sitting on the weed edge out last night i saw Saw a lot of fish out roaming the weed edges right now. Hopefully, they'll start to settle down. We'll start to get into them. And it'll mostly been plastics for them. Uh, that's kind of the general thing in the winter, isn't it? Plastics and waxies, you know, early ice when these fish are kind of still in uh, high gear, you know, those plastics will work pretty well. But once we start getting into the dog days of winter and those fish start getting a little bit more lethargic, a little bit picky, then, you know, your waxies and your spikes, they'll, they'll be a good option for uh, a number two bait. You know, and we've talked about this before, when you get that early ice, too, moving around, drilling a lot of holes, making a lot of noise is not good. It really isn't, you know. So we're out on early ice, and we're probably out on four or five inches of ice. And when I go around looking at all my holes underwater, I take an underwater camera. And uh, as soon as you put that camera down the hole, if you're in shallow water or what have you, if you've got that camera angled up, you can see your silhouette, your sled silhouette. You can see everything moving up there. And if you can see it on a camera down there, you better believe that those fish can see it. And every little bit of movement that you've got up on the ice, you know, it, it's magnified to them down there with their lateral line. So the most ideal thing for you to do early ice if you're going to camp on some fish or what have you stay really quiet in the shack you know avoid bumping a whole bunch of stuff around and if you're fishing tip-ups go out do your due diligence set your flags up exactly where you need them and get the heck away from there and let that space quiet down you know and the pike fishing usually starts to get good this time of year too isn't it yeah absolutely you know we've been getting a lot of pike where we've been fishing it sounds like a lot of people again been getting some, some really nice pike they're a little less uh, finicky than walleye and panfish as far as noise or what have you but uh yeah, we've been seeing some numbers of fish being caught. Nothing any, you know, nothing huge yet, but good numbers. You know, speaking of Pike, one of my friends, uh, if there was no action on the tip-ups, he'd drive his truck around the circle around the tip-ups and usually would get the Pike after that. It gets a moving or something. We call that a fish drive. You know, you could do deer drives in the woods, and then <laughs> it works really well if you're bored or if you've got kids that are looking for something to do. Send them around the whole uh, tip-up ring that you've got out there with a spud bar or something. Go do a fish drive. Yep. Well, you know, and uh, as far as getting equipment and gear, you guys are pretty much equipped for about everything. I don't know. you got a big selection of fish shelters in here, 
right now. Absolutely. You know, we've got clam, otter, Eskimo, Frabel in here. We've got lots of shelters. You know, if you're looking for an auger on a, a good deal, we've got Ion. We've got Strike Master up there. Um, all your tip-ups, your rigs, your lines, your jigs. You know, we've got a little bit of everything here for you. And if we don't have it, we'll order it for you. Anybody that hasn't been into the thing lately, I mean, seen some of the new shelters that they're actually insulated and uh, you don't have that moisture problem in them. And the, the doors on them are made for easy access in and out. Uh, just huge improvements in these things over the last few years. Yeah, they're, they're little tiny details that they're improving, but man, it makes a big difference. So all your hub shelters, you know, they came out with the no trip doors uh, a year or two ago. So you've actually got a, a nice wide entranceway. Uh, you know, you can trick all your hubs out with accessories you know that we've got here for you as far as your your flip over shacks they've been doing the side doors now so you can point your you know shack in one direction be able to look at all your tip ups and still keep it out of the wind with a door open and uh you know just some of the little things inside the shacks you know we've got a couple clams here that have uh, all the built-in light cages or what have you so all you got to do is plug them into a battery and you've got instant light in the shack so if you're going to go do a little bit of night fishing or early morning fishing you can see pretty well inside your shack but yeah a lot of little uh quality of life improvements in shacks over the last couple of years. Just about everything's improved. Electronics and everything else. I know you guys have got all the equipment. You guys want to do some late season bow hunting and you've got everything they pretty much need for fishing, lures, and tackle out here for the ice fishing. Absolutely. I want to thank you for coming on here and uh, let's hope we continue making some ice out there. Make some good ice and avoid uh, heavy snowfall. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, you know we need to take a break right now and hear from some of the fine sponsors that make this show possible every week. When we come back, we'll be talking ice fishing with Haywood Area Fishing Guide Noah Glitto. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Hunters and Anglers, Hayward Bait and Bottle is your one-stop sport and bottle shop in Hayward. They have a huge selection of ice fishing gear, including portable shelters, power augers, electronics, beaver dam tip-ups, ice rods, and just about anything you'll need for ice fishing. They also have archery supplies, bows, crossbows, muzzle loaders, ammo, and much more to help you enjoy the outdoors. While you're there, check out the bottle shop for a full selection of beer, wine, and liquor too. Hayward Bait and Bottle is your one-stop sport and bottle shop. The Hayward Lakes Visitors and Convention Bureau in Sawyer County, Wisconsin welcomes you to our Northwoods hometown. No matter the season, no matter the activity, you'll always be surrounded by our great outdoors. What more could you ask for in a vacation destination? Woods, waters, world-class events. Contact us for information on lodging, dining, attractions, events, trail conditions, and more. Order your free vacation guide and start planning your getaway today. Visit us at haywardlakes.com or call 1-800-724-2992. Get the deal of a lifetime on a new Lund from Hayward Power Sports. Truth is, our 2023s arrived late and we missed out on early season sales. So we have a huge inventory of them, but desperately need to make room for the 2024s. It's the perfect storm for incredible deals. From the entry-level Lund Adventure to the awesome Lund Impact XS and everything in between. They're all rigged with Mercury outboards and offered at blowout prices. Get your new Lund at Hayward Power Sports, just 10 minutes east of Hayward on Highway 77. Welcome back to another segment of this week's Wisconsin Northland Outdoors. And this part of the show is brought to you by the Hayward Lakes Visitor and Convention Bureau. For more information on lodging and vacationing here in the Hayward Lakes area, check out their website at haywardlakes.com. Well, folks, you know, we get guides on here from all over the country sometimes, and in the Hayward area especially here. One of the guides I've had on here before is Hayward area fishing guide Noah Glitto, 
And on this week's show, we're talking to Noah about some of the first ice fishing out there. Noah, glad to have you on the show here. It's always good to be on the show. Let's talk a little bit about fishing. I mean, one of the big things the guys get to want to get out after is walleyes, but we're kind of limited as far as getting out on the big lakes yet. Uh, it seems like the ice is a little bit late coming on some of the big lakes to be out there on, but we've got lakes that do freeze over early right now. We've got some of the smaller lakes that do freeze over. You can get out on some areas and run into some walleyes, but most of the best walleye fishing on some of those larger lakes is inaccessible right now due to the ice conditions and i know you've been out after the panfish and there's been quite a few people just concentrating on the panfish because we can get out on some of the lakes that are really good pan fishing right now yep some of the best pan fishing lakes are some little smaller bodies of water you can walk out on you got some safe ice there you can feel safe you know setting up a shanty and waiting around a bit for the fish to come through and there's abundant fish in the area and you can sit there and just jig them um, the bite's been a little slow but it's starting to get a little bit better as uh, we get more ice and we're getting a little bit more colder weather. We're starting to see fish more active instead of more lethargic. You know, you got any good tips for people on pan fishing out there? I know finding them is the biggest thing. Finding pan fish can be difficult because on some of these lakes I'm running into them as shallow as 10 feet of water and I'm seeing them as deep as 24 feet of water. So they can really vary this time of year and where they're at. If you focus on some of your shallower bays that they might move into for that early ice or if you find a main lake point with some weed structure that they might hang out next to that's a good place to set up and wait for them one thing i found is when the bite is real slow and you're seeing them on your screen or your vexlar and they're not really striking you just want a dead stick hold straight still don't move a muscle and they'll come up and you'll barely barely feel them take it in and that's when you set the hook on them and, you know, we're talking panfish in general, but the crappies, uh, are you seeing the crappies up on the weed edges too? Because a lot of lakes, they tend to want to be roaming out a little bit deeper than the bluegills, for instance, in the perch. Yeah, the crappies do tend to roam some of the mud flats a lot more, and, and they've been a little bit tighter to the bottom this time of year yet. Usually you start to see them lift off the bottom in these big schools, and you can kind of get on a, a nice bite when the school comes through, but they haven't been moving around too much yet, and... uh the bluegills are definitely more packed into the weeds, just like the perch are. You know, as far as the, you're finding them using electronics, I know the live sonar, uh, live scope, uh, Garmin live scope, for instance, uh, like you run and I run, that's really beneficial as far as locating those schools of fish and those pods of fish. Yeah, with that Garmin live scope, you can look out around 100, 120 feet, effectively, depending on how deep water you're fishing and do yourself a big circle with that with that sonar and figure out whether or not you got a fish in your area within a 120 feet radius i mean that's a lot of water you can cover with just one hole versus a vexlar well you know but there are some limitations people think that oh man that's like cheating but you know if they're open water fish they're pretty easy to find but when they get up against the weed edge it's hard to see them unless they're moving with the, even the live sonar yeah, when they're open water fish, they're they're pretty easy to spot out, but it, it takes a lot of time and practice learning how that live scope really works and deciphering the fish between the weeds when they get packed in the weeds. And even I sometimes struggle seeing them through the weeds, even though I I know for a fact that there's fish in the weeds, but I can't see them. So I just wait around for them, and sure enough, they come around, and I catch them. You bet. You know, and using the electronics is, is one of the keys out there, and, uh, you know, as far as the baits, uh, type of lures and baits, are uh, you trying to use more aggressive baits like some of the jigging spoons at all on them, or are you mostly with the, just the teardrop jig? Uh, the jigging spoons haven't really fired up for me yet. Like I said earlier, the fish haven't been very aggressive, so I've been sticking to a smaller tungsten teardrop jig with a 
plastic or a wax worm and that seems to be getting the fish you know when they come through they'll they're more likely to eat that than they are an aggressive spoon when do you try to start going to the more aggressive stuff when the fish starts showing you they're aggressive on your sonar or what yeah when i start to see the mo- little bit more aggression on the sonar you'll you'll jig hard and you'll see them almost flap their fins on that screen and they just take off towards it that's when i know i can switch to a spoon and get a better hookup ratio and draw those fish in from a further distance with that spoon versus that tungsten jig. I know there's a, a big thing, too, with the panfish. Uh, you know, our bag limits seem to be dropping on a lot of lakes. I mean, uh, Moose Lake for next year is going to go to a five-bag limit with only one can be over 12 inches, trying to get some of the big crappies back again. But, you know, Chippewa Flow has dropped to 10. A lot of the lakes are getting lower bag limits down there, and I think that's going to be something that we're going to need to see with all the advantage we've got with electronics and everything else nowadays. Yeah, it's important uh, to preserve the resource that we have. Yes, it is very easy to find the fish. Yeah, you still have to make them bite. That's the argument. But in the reality of it is it makes catching fish easier. So there's more people out there that are able to get on fish they've never found before, and we're starting to dwindle our resource, so we got to try to protect it by limiting our bag limits and practicing a lot of catch and release on some of those larger fish that we catch because those larger fish are going to be the ones that have the best genetics to grow fast growing large fish well you know not just that too but the fish are also compensating because no matter what we throw at the fish they seem to adjust whether they're learning or what they're doing i'm getting a tremendous amount of reports coming back from dakotas and minnesota and all over the place even here and I've seen it some where some of the bigger fish, especially bigger smallmouth stuff, are trying to avoid the life sonar beams. So they're they're adjusting to this stuff too. It's a it's a topic that we have talked about a little bit about how the pinging of the sonar could potentially be spooking the fish off. And I think there is some truth to that that the fish might be adapting some to that on the fish that you catch and release. But my personal experience is that a lot of the fish that I see on the screen don't seem to be very shy of the sonar. Um, There's a lot of fish in those southern reservoirs down south where they get 100 live scopes over their head every day. And people in every 100 boat, you know, every boat catch them. And so they get all catch and release down there on those bass. And if the fish are continuously being caught by live sonar, it must not be affecting them. No, and I think it's something that takes time for it to come in, just like boat noise and everything else. They tend to get conditioned to something, and and they seem to be able to avoid certain types of presentations and lures. And, you know, I don't want to give a fish too much credit for being intelligent and smart, but for some reason, you know, you watch a lake, it gets really hit hard, and then it gets all of a sudden harder to catch fish on, whether it's they're getting accustomed to the boats, the traffic, the presentations, or the sonar, it still has a... Fish are able to offset what we do sometimes. Yep, and I've noticed that on some of the techniques I use for catching smallmouth that um, I'll have caught a fish on a certain lure, and I'll, you know, I've been catching them good on that lure for about a month now, and then all of a sudden they stop biting that style of lure, you know, because a lot of them have been caught, and they kind of understand that that style is, you know, I've been caught by that. So you got to switch it up a little bit, you know, just to get get the fish to continue to bite. You know, this, uh, we're talking panfish here, too, and we were talking panfish before we got off on the electronics, but 
the other thing, too, we've got is perch, perch fishing. Perch fishing could be pretty good on some of the lakes. We're not seeing a lot of lakes with these jumbo perch. And I know Round used to be one of them that had a lot of these big jumbos in it, but there's still some out there on some of these lakes. And But there's a lot of perch in the you know, decent size that you can keep. Right. We did get one 12-inch perch on Round not too long ago. But um, there is a, a large, large population of very small perch in these lakes. Um, but the jumbo still exists. I've seen them in the Chippewa. I've seen them in some of the smaller bodies of water. I've seen them in Round. Um, they, they, they exist out there. Um, they can be hard to find, but when you do find them, it seems like you found a lot of them. You bet. You know, and I know they're, you know, jig and spoon is one of my favorite ways of going after the perch, it seems like. And if they get real lethargic, then you go back to just a teardrop jig. Yep, seems like jig and spoon's the best way to draw them in. The most important thing is when you have a school of perch come through, they're not hanging around too long, so it's important to keep your bait down there. If you got two guys fishing, one guy catches one, have him run over, start fishing that hole, because otherwise that school of perch might be gone before he the guy can get his fish off the hook and get his jig back down. You know, the one thing I've noticed with perch, too, and is that you can drill a hole and you're in 22, 25, 26 feet of water, for instance, and you look down there with your sonar and you don't see anything down there. You drop a jigging spoon down there and pound the bottom two or three times and all of a sudden they come up on you. You, you can't see them, but they're down flat to the bottom and then they'll come up. All of a sudden you'll see fish. Yep, those perch and even the walleye will do the same thing where they'll lay so tight to the bottom you'll never know that they're there on your live sonar. Those fish can hide from that sonar if they lay all the way tight to the bottom and they do. You know, in any sonar, for that matter. I mean, even even the flashers, if they're tight to the bottom, they almost disappear. And if you don't believe that, just drop your jig down and it gets to a point before your line goes slack, it disappears on you. Yep, yep. It will it doesn't pick up every tiny little bit on that bottom, and bottom kind of washes out what you're going to get. And so if you jig around there for a little bit, all of a sudden you see fish, you know, poking their heads up off the bottom, coming checking out your jig. You know, and we're going to talk about uh, rigging electronics and stuff on another show here because, you know, there's a lot to that in getting the most out of that electronics uh, and know that. Yeah, if you're going to spend three, $4,000 on electronics, you're going to want to get the most out of it. You know, well, no, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, if somebody wants some information on your guide service or guide business, how do they get a hold of you or what's going on there? You can text me or call me at 612-616-6287, or you can find me on the Grand Pines Resort Guide Team. Well, Noah, thank you for taking the time with our listeners here. Yep, always a pleasure. Well, folks, you know, lots of great information and tips from Noah there, but you know, we do need to take another break and hear from even more of the fine sponsors that bring this show to you every week. When we come back, we'll have even more great ice fishing walleye tips for you from Walleye Tournament Pro Keith Cavias. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey folks, come on over to Hayward Ace Hardware and check out the area's largest selection of firearms, ammo, and accessories. We carry top brands like Browning and Sig Sawyer, and we have a great selection of the newest and hard-to-find models. We've got a large selection of ammo with more coming in daily. If you need a scope, we carry great brands like Leupold, Hawk, and EOTech, and we'll even mount it and boresight it for you too. We even sell suppressors and silencers. And don't forget to check out our Guns of the Week. Huge discounts on a variety of pistols, rifles, and shotguns that change every week. So stop on in to Hayward Ace Hardware, your firearm superstore. Hayward Ace Hardware, Highway 63 North in Hayward, or give us a call at 715-634-8700. 
Hayward Animal Hospital is a full-service medical and surgical hospital featuring on-site laboratory, digital and dental x-ray, in-house pharmacy, and online store. Dr. Ostrander has 40 years of experience dealing with illnesses, injuries, surgery, and dentistry. Hayward Animal Hospital offers urgent care appointments and emergency surgery daily. Please call early in the day for these appointments. They open at 8 a.m. Hayward Animal Hospital is located one mile east of Hayward on Highway B. Call 715-634-8971. If you'd like to have your time fishing be more enjoyable and productive, hiring a fishing guide can be a good investment. Whether it's learning more about fish patterns throughout the year, learning how to use your depth finder to find the best spots and fish, learn how to use that GPS to get the most out of it, or learn better boat control. A day on the water with a guide can really help you to be a better angler as well as make a day on the lake very enjoyable. To book a guide trip this year or get more information, you can find us on the internet at www.wiscnorthlandoutdoors.com and then just click on Area Guides. Welcome back to the last segment of this week's Wisconsin Northland Outdoors. And folks, you know, we were talking about walleye fishing. You know, one of the people I get on here from time to time whenever I get a chance to run into him is pro angler and walleye tournament pro Keith Cavias. And on this week's show, Keith offers some great tips on finding and catching walleyes under the ice. Well, Keith, you know, when it comes to walleye fishing in the wintertime, you know, any tips for our listeners out there on, on finding fish? I mean, in summertime, you know, we can run around, move around a little bit more, but it's harder to move around on the ice. Yeah, I think one of the things to first do is kind of look at the kind of areas that you're fishing. If you're on a, a place on the lake where you've got structure, maybe a reef or a shoreline break or something like that, where the, the fish might be hanging on that and using it as an ambush point, waiting for the bait to come to them and they're kind of hiding on the break or behind rocks or something, that's a real good place to drill a lot of holes because uh, you need to find where they're actually living on that structure. Conversely, if you're fishing in a place where it's maybe like a big mud basin or a flat, the fish are very likely on those big mud basins to actually be swimming around looking for the bait. They aren't holding in one little particular spot like they were on that structure. So in that case, a lot of times it's a little bit easier because you can literally wait for them to come to you. You can actually wait for them to kind of mill into you and, and find you. So based on the kind of situation that you're fishing or the kind of bottom that you're fishing, depends on whether you should drill a lot of holes or just kind of wait them out and wait for you to come. When it comes to that type of a scenario, do you find that uh, you get better action during the daytime deep versus in the evening at night or shallow or what? Well, actually, uh, day and nighttime bites more go to water clarity, maybe the, even than the type of uh, bottom that you're fishing. A lot of t what, what happens with walleyes, and this is in the summer or in the winter, is that walleyes like to have a sight advantage. They have very, very good eyes. They can see a long way in the water. So what they want to do is have a low light condition. So if you're on a lake that's uh, kind of stained or dingy, uh, then they'll actually bite all day long. Uh, you, you know, you, and it really doesn't matter if they're on a flat or they're on structure. They'll actually bite all day long because they can see better in that dirty water than the bait fish can. Conversely, if you're on a, a clear water lake, then the only time they really have an advantage is when the sun's going up, when the sun's coming down, or during the night. So that's why you have those little brief periods of activity, sunrise and sunset, because that's when the walleyes have the advantage. So it's more based on water clarity, I think, than even on uh, the type of structure that you're fishing. Keith, you know, when it comes to walleye fishing in the wintertime, in the summertime it's different. We troll, we can cast, we can move around, a lot of different things, but even then, the type of lures and lure action makes a difference in the wintertime. 
Yeah, it makes a big difference. And like you said, you're limited in, in with ice fishing to that, you know, eight or 10 inch hole. So a lot of times you've got to do things to entice that fish. You know, like you said, in the summer, we can jig and pull a jig back or cast a crankbait and pull it back and, and kind of have different actions on it. And you really got to think about doing that too when you're out ice fishing. So two things that, that I've started to do a lot or not started, but do a lot for, for ice fishing is one, you can pick baits that actually will, will have an action outside of the hole. Typically what those are called is like a glide bait, uh, a jigging rapala, there's something called a moonshine minnow, uh, shiver minnows. They, when you pull on the bait, they actually jump to the side or glide out and then they come back and sweep back into the hole. So they actually have some action outside of the hole. And that can be very, very good for, for attracting fish. The other thing though to really consider is the way that you can attract a fish is in an upward direction. And a lot of people don't realize it, but a walleye will actually chase a lure a long way up. A lot of times they'll see that, that fish on their screen, on their depth finder or whatever, and they think they gotta get right in front of it and kind of entice it and jiggle around right in front of it. But actually a very good thing to do is actually pull it away from that fish. When that fish thinks something is escaping from it or getting away from it, many times a predator fish like a walleye, that's when they'll want to hit it. So if you're fishing with a spoon or you're fishing with a jig or anything and that fish comes in and you jiggle it a little and they don't take it, the first thing you should always think about doing is lifting that rod tip up about two feet. Jiggle it some more. Hopefully that fish will chase up after it. If it does and it still doesn't fit, still doesn't bite, Actually, I a lot of times have to start reeling my reel because I run out of places for my rod to go and I lift it even higher. I've had fish come up 10, 12 feet off the bottom before they finally think, ah, I better hit this or it's going to get out of the hole and they'll hit it coming up. So think about action when you're ice fishing. But again, you don't have all the options of summer, but you can make lures jump out of the hole and you can also raise them up in the hole and a lot of times get them to bite. Great information there, Keith. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, folks, you know, we're about out of time for this week's show. I'd like to remind everyone out there that if you miss a show, go to our website at WNORadio.com. From there, you can link to, to our podcast site, and the show is also on Spotify and Google Podcasts every week. And also, if you're looking for information on vacationing and lodging here in the Hayward Lakes area, check out the Hayward Lakes Visitor and Convention Bureau website at haywardlakes.com. Thanks for listening, folks. We're out of time, and we'll be back again next week with another interesting show for you. Listen with me, I'm gonna take you there to our Wisconsin outdoors, our Wisconsin outdoors. This program has been produced and hosted entirely by Wisconsin Northland Outdoor Communications. Any and all views expressed are not necessarily those of the station.